Well, I want to thank Dr. Hannesides for inviting me to participate in this. Uh, my name is Stoy Proctor, as you can see on the screen. Been with the department um, basically since 1983-84. Uh, this is a one of the topics in the series of the Foundations of Health, and I'll be giving more as the week goes on. Nutrition and obesity. Obesity is a major problem in the United States. Um, it's actually becoming a pandemic. It's been called an epidemic before, but it's really becoming a pandemic. And even young people today are becoming more and more obese. It is a major problem. The 2010 U.S. Dietary Guidelines have come out with a number of goals that are sort of geared towards trying to solve this problem of obesity and limit calories to the amount needed to maintain a healthy weight. Consume foods from all the food groups, not just the high calorie food groups. Reduce intakes of solid fats, reduce added sugars, reduce intake of refined grains, reduce intake of sodium, these are really geared towards everyone to sort of address this problem of overweight. And we'll go through these and uh, delineate more of them as we go along. You can see from this chart of 2010 on obesity from the Center for Disease Control that, that you know, a large portion, that dark, dark part in Texas and throughout the south there, that's greater than 30% of uh, BMI, which is considered anything above 30% is obese. Between 25 and 30% is overweight. So that is the light orange. So you can see there almost a fourth of the United States is overweight. You know, they have a, at least a fourth of the population. So it is a major problem. And if you want to look, see how this has changed in the last 20 years, you can go to this site, and they have several charts like this, how it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you can really get a better idea of what, what's happened within the last 10 years on this area of obesity. Now, obesity is an important problem because not only people don't look as good, but there's a number of health consequences. And uh, they are uh, shortened life expectancy, cancer, uh, increase of cancer, uh, gallbladder disease, renal failures, increase in stroke, increase in heart failure, increase in atherosclerosis, in, uh, increase in diabetes, uh, that's the NIDDDM, uh, hypertension, greater uh, number of people have a problem with sleeping, sleep apnea, osteoarthritis, uh, discrimination. Um, you can see there's a major problems related to being obese. So the, dietary, the new dietary goals have uh, said we should really, for reasonable treatment of obesity, we should make, not try to make big changes, but small changes. Small changes, moderate losses, set reasonable goals. 
Not, not you know, say, well, look, I'm 200 pounds or I'm 250 pounds and I'm going to lose 100 pounds. No, 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 that, that, that's not going to work. Uh, you've got to set small goals. Maybe uh, let's, let's work on one pound a week or uh, three or four pounds a month or something like that. You've got to be realistic about um, the goals that you set for yourself. Now, um, probably, well, actually we do. The, uh, I was going to say uh, probably you, you may have a challenge of uh, a number of your church members are, are overweight. And um, I think it was about five years ago, I got a call from some national news agency there at the general conference. And um, what, what are you doing? Actually, no, it was from the White House. It was from the White House because they were launching this obesity movement. And say, what about Adventists? What are you doing about obesity? Uh, don't, do you have any obesity in your church? And uh, what are you doing about it? And I thought to myself, well, uh, I think we, we have a few people that are obese, uh, but I'm not sure how many. So I called Dr. Gary Frazier at Loma Linn University, Adventist Health Study, and I said, Gary, uh, what's, this, what's the percentage of people in the United States, in the, in the Adventist church in the United States where this study is, is covers? I says, uh, how, how, what percentage of people in our church are obese? Yes. Well, no, there's about 65%. It's not worse than, than America in general. Thank you. <laughs> 70% is worse. What's the stat for America? About, about six, what? 60% for the United States? It's about 65%. Oh, overweight, and there's about 40, 45% overweight. But Gary said... Well, you know, Story, I'm sorry to say, but we have about 60% of the church members in, in the United States that are overweight or obese. You know, he didn't break it down, and I don't know that he can break it down at this point in the evidence health study. So, you know, we're a little better, uh, but not good enough. Um, but a reasonable weight loss diet contains less energy than a person needs to maintain present body weight. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's an encouraging concept. For instance, uh, let's suppose you weigh 175 pounds. Well, you really want to weigh 160 pounds. Now, what that means, you're about 15 pounds overweight. All right, to, to get to your ideal weight, what you do, you want to take in enough calories to maintain the 160 pounds. That would mean that you'd reduce your calories. But it doesn't mean you were, you were 160 pounds for, let's say, 20 years. You know, maybe at 16 or 18 or 25, you were 160 pounds. So it's not beyond something you can accomplish. It, it's a, it's a, a food intake that, that's reasonable because you practice that for a number of years. So all it means to lose this extra 15 pounds, it takes, takes a while, is to just take in the number of calories that you maintain the 160 pounds. So that makes it quite easy, uh, quite easy, much easier. But what's happening in the last few years is uh, we'll go through in our, in our recommendations and show you 
what's happening in the last few years, why we're starting to gain much and more weight. Um, another problem in people that gain weight is that they don't choose um, food from all the food groups. They leave out some of the food groups. Um, may say, well, uh, carbohydrates are fattening. Uh, and so I'll leave out more carbohydrates. But it's actually not the carbohydrates. You know, no car carbohydrates are protein, are fat foods, are no more fattening than the other. It's the total number of calories that you take in that makes the difference. And in a, late, in a weight loss program, one thing that must be considered is are we going to be, if you reduce your calories, are you going to be getting enough the adequate essential nutrients? And to do this, you need about 1,200, a minimum of 1,200 calories a day. So when people go on an 800-calorie diet, they, they, they are not getting enough nutrients, essential nutrients. It takes, you're going to have to have at least 1,200 calories. So this is a, a goal that's going to take a while for you to reach. And remember, uh, we don't become overweight overnight. It takes sometimes many years for that to happen. And so we should go for a variety of foods from each of the six or seven food groups. This is an argument I had with my wife uh, several years ago. I, I, I says, I, we were talking about, well, what, what kind of food gives you the most satiety value? In other words, a feeling of fullness longer. And uh, I says, I think it's, I think it's fat. And she says, no, it's protein. I know from my own experience, it's protein. So when I did the research, it is protein. Protein, even though protein is every uh, uh, gram of protein equals about four calories. Every gram of carbohydrate equals four calories. But every gram of fat equals about nine calories. But the protein gives you a longer feeling of fullness. So be sure that each meal contains a healthy serving of protein. And for vegetarian, that's going to be beans and meat analogs and a few nuts or something like that. Uh, so the pro higher protein is important in feel feeling a, this sense of fullness for a longer period of time. And of course, the more we focus on complex carbohydrates uh, found in whole grains, fruits, vegetables, legumes uh, is going to be uh, much better and give you a much more satiety value as well because it's, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to eat a bowl of ice cream. You know, it's just, you can eat a whole cup or maybe some people eat a whole pint, you know, and uh, it doesn't give you much Temporarily, it gives you some fullness, but it doesn't last very long. Or, a, or soft drinks or something like that. They give you a lot of calories, but they don't give you any bulk, any fiber that's going to be lasting a while. Whole grain breads are, are, are great, and whole grain um, uh, rolls, whole grain cereals are going to give you a lot more bulk or a lot more fiber. They're going to give you a lot more uh, satiety value for fullness 
because it uh, the, the, it'll, it'll takes longer to a little longer to digest. So the whole grain foods is something that people looking to to um, lose some weight should go more for the whole grains. You're going to find that it's you know you can t- just to, just to demonstrate you can take a five slices of white bread and roll it up into a neat little ball about like that. Try that with whole wheat bread. You can't do that. And that's that's what happens when this gets when white bread or white really refined things get to your stomach. You know, they just uh, they don't give you much bulk. Whereas your whole wheat, whole grains will give you a lot more bulk. And of course they give you a lot more fiber too. And fiber uh, absorbs water, and that also gives you a lot more fullness. Um, and, uh, but you don't want a lot of fiber either. People are sometimes on these very high, uh, like total vegetarian diets, where they don't eat any refined foods whatsoever. They'll get sometimes too much fiber. And that will take out the, the, the small nutrients, micronutrients, like iron, zinc, selenium, things like that. So we want to get about 25 to 30 grams of fiber in our diet per day. Our 40 would be fine, but, but some people are getting 60, 70, 80 grams of fiber, and uh, that is not a good idea. Uh, also, choose healthy fats uh, because you're not only in trying to address the weight problem, you're not only addressing the calorie problem, you, you want to be sure you've got the proper nutrition of essential nutrients. And fats contain uh, certain essential nutrients. And essential nutrient is something you must get in food. And a couple of those are the omega-3s and the omega-6s. Uh, the, the, kind of, the omega-3 are the kind of fats found in walnuts and soybeans uh, and, uh, and some in flaxseed. Uh, And the omega-6s are found in most vegetable oils like sunflowers, corn, things like that. And these are the good fats, whereas the saturated fats that are found in meats and butter and things like that are not the best of fats. Uh, Coconut is not the best of fats, although a lot of people are, are touting coconut as a healthy fat. If you use coconut, don't use a lot of it because it's still saturated. Uh, pork, beef, and things, butter and things like that are high in saturated fats. And of course, we don't have to worry too much about trans fatty acids anymore, because at least in America, because the companies are, are taking those out of the foods. And so you'll see a lot of foods now with no trans fats. And even McDonald's and some of these commercial uh, fast food places are taking out the trans fats. But trans fats will raise cholesterol and raise the risk of heart disease just like saturated fats will. Um, excess fats are not uh, weight friendly uh, because, as I mentioned earlier, a gram of fat contains nine calories. So that's going to, a heavy amount of fat in your diet is going to boost your calories up, which is going to boost your, your weight at, at, um, as well. Um, now, this is just a very interesting chart. I, I really appreciate this to show you what, how different foods affect your satiety value. Okay, Let's see if we can uh, 
do something here. Okay, this black line here is showing you what happens with a very high refined sugar or grain uh, uh, food. It shows that your blood sugar goes way up and within 30 to 45 minutes, it comes right down. And then what happens? You're hungry right there. You're starting to be hungry. However, if you take a complex carbohydrate like oatmeal or whole wheat bread, it goes up a little slower, it peaks, it levels off, and you're going to be having satiety value, you know, about three hours coming down here. Then you start getting hungry. Whereas this is a protein, this is a high protein, it takes a little longer for that to metabolize and for that to kick in so that it satisfies your hunger. And so it will go up to about the same amount, peak off, and it shows you that you will then have satiety for one, two, three, about four to five hours with protein. Now, with fat, it takes a lot longer. It takes almost three hours when you take some fat in before you're going to get any satiety value from it. Then that will go up, and about four hours, that kicks in and levels off and goes uh, maybe four, five, six, seven hours. So what this demonstrates is you need to have a meal that's balanced with complex carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. Yeah, you have a question? Well, so this is like uh, if you eat some of each of those at breakfast? Or well, all foods contain all these, but if they're complex. Yeah. But, uh, but, you want, but some are high. For instance, uh, nuts are higher in fat. I don't have this slide in this presentation. Uh, nuts are much higher in fat than legumes or, uh, or, or, or uh, fruits and vegetables. So a, a nut, having nuts at breakfast would be a good idea to, to get some of your fat. Or if you go to a vegetable, you'll have avocado or something like that that's higher in fat. A high-protein meal would be also legumes or a meat analog or uh, nuts or something like that would have more protein in it. Or an egg, if you ate eggs. Uh, or if you ate meat, meat would be a good protein food if you ate meat. So you, you, but you want a mixture you want if they're complex carbohydrates they have all those but some foods are just higher than one of these macro macronutrients and others are there any questions in other words the more complex you have your meal and less refined the more you're going to be satisfied all all long what happens with sometimes people they they skip breakfast and what's happening they'll get they'll grab a coffee and donuts or they'll give up something, and you know, by ten, by nine or ten o'clock, they're hungry again. So they want another slash, snack, and this is where the weight is coming on with these extra snacks. Those, and I'll show you one of the principles of eating a good breakfast. If you don't eat breakfast, the people that don't eat breakfast are going to be gaining more pounds than those who do. Yes. No, these are hours here. This is, this is starting. This is one hour. Uh, this is two hours. That's, well, actually, this is about, yeah, this is one hour. This is 45 minutes for that one. Two hours, three hours. And the fat, 
here just can keep going on for four or five. They did, the, the chart doesn't continue. But um, people that eat a lot of refined foods are usually the people that uh, either eat more calories than they need or else eating a lot of refined foods because it's easier to get those calories in and without the much satiety value. Now this is, I think, one of the best theories that I, can, that I have found in the research on what happens to a fat cell. Um, and that's why, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but, but if you've um, been overweight as a child and then lose weight, those people, it's, it's much easier for them to gain that weight back. Or if you've lost, you, you've heard of the yo-yo diet. People lose a few pounds, then they gain a few pounds. Then they lose a few pounds. Why is that so hard to keep those pounds off? It's because of this. Here we start out with a fat cell. And so we uh, eat a lot of calories, more calories than we need. So the body develops more fat cells. And after a while, it stops producing fat, the numbers of fat cells. Then the fat cells go start enlarging each one. So each fat cell starts enlarging. And they may increase a little few and keep enlarging. Then what happens? A person loses weight. And what happens to the fat cells? Do they go away? No. They shrink. So... When they, when they have another opportunity to gain weight, what happens? They just enlarge. That's why it's so hard once you get overweight. And that's why it's so important for children not to let them get overweight because they're developing these extra fat cells. And it's going to be a battle for them the rest of their life. A battle for the rest of their life to lose weight and keep their weight maintained because they're going to, they've just got these cells and they don't seem to go away. <clears throat> One reason that the last few years, uh, 10 years or so, that we've seen such an explosion in overweight and obesity <clears throat> is that uh, everybody is supersizing their meals. Greater and greater. I, uh, I heard a presentation yesterday over at the other seminar uh, that uh, if you've flown internationally, and some of you have, because in America they don't, uh, they don't give you any food anymore unless you buy it. But uh, those airline meals overseas are about the right portions. But they're not the same portions that we, you get it at McDonald's or Olive Garden or, um, or Pasta Plus or some of these restaurants. These are big. You know, you go to... Uh, pasta plus or something and you order a, uh, 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 some pasta and it fills what? The whole plate almost, don't, don't it? That's several cups of pasta. But when you do it on the airline, it's about like that. And so these supersized meals, we should really uh, downgrade supersized meals and supersize our vegetables and our fruits. And I'll show you more about that in just a minute. Consider the calories in sodas and alcoholic drinks and hot beverages and, and uh, mock fruit drinks like uh, 
you know, Dr. Pepper and uh, Orange Aid and some of those that are, are Kool-Aid or uh, some of these um, juices that you buy that has, you know, a lot of calories and they're, they're blackberry or some kind of berry, but they're not pure juice. People in a weight control program should, should think about pure fruit juices, you know, 100% juice, like Welch's, 100% grape juice, or 100% orange juice. That means there's no sugar added, and even those are high in calories, but, but they at least will, will give you some nutrition. And you don't want to emphasize in a weight control program juices. But it certainly would be a lot better and lower calories than if you get the sodas and the alcoholic drinks. And, and the people you work with in your community, they're getting a lot of calories from alcoholic drinks, alcohol. Um, and alcohol has, you know, where we talked about um, <clears throat> protein and carbohydrates having four calories per gram and fat having nine calories per gram, guess how many calories an alcoholic a gram of alcohol has? 13, no, it's seven. But it's somewhere between four and nine. You see, it's almost as high as fat. So the calories in alcohol is almost the same calories as, as alcohol, uh, as, uh, as fat, I'm sorry. So fat, for, so, so alcoholic drinks almost have the same amount of calories per gram as fat foods. So that's how it's so easy. And that's why people that drink a lot, they have beer bellies and, you know, they, they gain. Yeah. Would that be kind of parallel where one glass of beer would be equivalent to a shot? The cup, the uh, bars, and so they sell these uh, four ounces of usually wine, uh, of, uh, of liquor, and maybe seven or eight or ten ounces of wine, and then about halfway between that of beer. They're all geared to give you the same level of uh, pure alcohol. So that's, that's what determines the, the, uh, the size of the drink is because of the amount of alcohol. They want you for every drink, whether it be wine, beer, or hard liquor, to get the same buzz out of each drink. A lot of hidden calories. And that's where people that have overweight have a problem. Mayonnaise, margarine, um, uh, are, are, are the condiments, ketchup, you know, those things are, are nice, but you have to realize that they contain calories and quite a few calories, in fact. Um, and then, of course, the concentrated orange juices and things like that, we have to worry about that too, is hidden calories. Now, just to show you uh, the difference in calories among one apple, ap one apple has about 65 calories, but a cup of apple juice has 116. So if you drink apple juice, you have then that's about um, 35, 45, almost 50 calories different between a glass of, of apple juice and an apple. Or take tomato. Tomato is about the same, so there's not much difference in tomato. But orange juice, here we have 85 and 111. So that's 15, uh, 25, 26. That's 26 calories more when you go to orange juice rather than orange. So when you're thinking about 
maintaining weight or reducing weight, then you need to go to the whole fruit rather than the juices. Yes, sir. Oh, carbohydrate. Carbohydrate, fiber. Um, sorry, these things got out of uh, hand here. Our pineapple and pineapple juice, you can see 76. Uh, pineapple juice goes, that's about 40, uh, 55, about 55, 60 calories more than, than is in the pineapple itself. So, and of course, the pineapple will give you a lot of fullness. That pineapple juice will go pretty quick. Um, I've got a, every time, sometimes you go to these new, if you're familiar with PowerPoint, you go to the, a new projector, it'll get some of these things off. Sorry, and I didn't notice that till now. Um, uh, you can't imagine that these uh, muffins that you get at uh, some of these breakfast places, how many calories they have. Actually, they, I think a large commercial bun is three to 500 calories. Some of them are almost closer to 1,000 calories. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, these, these are, and, uh, you know, they're nice, but um, <clears throat> the only way you're going to get by with less calories is to make your own muffins. And, uh, or you can switch to a bagel, or, a, or, or whole grain bread would be, you know, less than 100 calories. Uh, restaurant foods, order smaller portions, or when you have salads, Order your dressing on the side, and you'd be amazed at how how uh, fewer calories you can get uh, in the total meal, and still have a nice taste. You know, you can just dip your fork in that in the in the um, sauce in the salad dressing, and then pick up some lettuce and stuff, and you'll still got the portion, and it'll certainly help and help a great deal with calories. Reduce fat and sugars. Um, baked goods uh, have a lot of sugar in them. Uh, sandwiches. Uh, uh, what's the sandwich? The the chain that uh, just kind of blank moment here. No Subway. Subway. Subway is what I was thinking. They make you know. Fairly good sandwiches, multigrain bread, and all that stuff. But you've got to watch, watch the uh, the dressings in there. And of course, you order sandwiches other places. If you buy commercial sandwiches where they're already packaged, they're going to be uh, a lot of extra calories through there. Um, and of course, sodas and things like that are going to be giving you extra calories. All right, here's probably the greatest mistake that people that gain weight make, and that is they don't eat breakfast. Um, what happens is you eat, a, you eat, you skip breakfast, you nibble along in the morning, you eat a lunch, then you eat dinner, and you eat dinner late. And you eat a big dinner, that's the biggest meal. And so what happens? You don't sleep very well, and then in the morning, you're not hungry. This is, this is the, the cycle that uh, people that are overweight usually go through. And I never realized this until I went to the School of Public Health. Um, and I, I, we started eating a very big, I always ate breakfast. I grew up on a farm. So I always ate breakfast. 
but maybe not as large as I do now. I eat a very healthy breakfast. I say if I can get breakfast, I can forget every meal, the rest of the meals of the day. I've got to have a good breakfast. But if you have breakfast, then you have a light lunch and then have an early, early dinner or maybe eat your lunch at 12, 1 or 2 o'clock and eat, have that the heaviest meal, and that's the way you should, uh, then have a very light supper, then, of course, you're going to be hungry the next morning and you can eat breakfast. Somebody have a question or comment? Okay. Um, Obesity is 35 to 50% lower among people who ate breakfast every day in a study of almost 3,000 people. So there's just been a number of studies showing that if you eat breakfast, you're going to actually take in less calories than if you don't eat breakfast. And uh, that's people have a hard time believing that, but they've just done study after study to show that. And they say, well, if I skip a meal, that's got to be less calories. But that's not true, because what's happening, they just, they get hungry, and they eat more calories. I um, just never will forget a weight control program I ran in Texas one time. And uh, and uh, lady was, you know, she was probably about 40 to 50 pounds overweight. And uh, I, she says, I says, how many meals a day do you eat? <clears throat> and she says, I eat three. And uh, I say, do you eat between meals? No. Are you sure? And she says, no, yes, I'm sure. I don't eat between meals. I said, do you drink coffee or, or tea between your meals? This is in Texas. So they drink a lot more tea down there in the north. And she, she says, well, yeah, I drink tea several times a day. I says, what do you drink, eat with your tea? Nothing. I said, all right. Um, let's just do a little experiment. I want you to, I, we had some little notebooks. I said, take this notebook, and every time you eat to this next, next week, you write down what you eat. Then when you take a drink of tea or, or a cup of coffee, you write that down and what you eat with it. She came back the next day, tried to sneak in through the back so I wouldn't see her, and I was watching for her. <laughs> I says, all right, Mrs. So-and-so, let's have it. What were you eating when you drank that tea? Oh, Stoy, she says, I, I w- I'm embarrassed. Look at all the things I was eating. And I'll tell you, you know, if you just stop eating with your tea, you'll lose this poundage. And she did, and she did. And all it took was just cutting out those in-between uh, snacks where she was eating with her, with, her, with her tea and coffee. The National Weight Control Registry studied 3,000 white men and w- women that maintained an average weight of 71, uh, lo- uh, maintained an average loss of 71 pounds. Almost 80% of the participants who maintained their weight ate breakfast. Only 4% did not eat breakfast. So both eaters and non-eaters consumed about the same number of calories, but uh, the ones that ate breakfast maintained their weight. So not only will eating breakfast help you lose weight because you'll take in more, a little few more calories, a few less calories, 
but it'll help you maintain the weight as well. <clears throat> okay, healthy eating calories uh, in beverages. Learn to satisfy thirst with water. So many people will say, you know, I, they drink soda water or, or soft drinks because it satisfies their thirst. Actually, sugar-laden sugar uh, soft drinks do not satisfy thirst as well as water does. Water is the best thing. When you're, I don't know if you've ever been um, in a very hot climate where you have gone some time without anything to drink, but I'll tell you what you don't want is a soft drink. You're just long for water, just pure, cold, cool water, because that'll satisfy that thirst a lot better. And actually, um, cool water, the cooler the water is, the, the quicker it'll satisfy your thirst, rather than hot water or warm water. Um, okay. Another thing you can do if you use animal, if you use milk, is to switch to non-fat dairy or to low-fat, like one percent, at least two percent, uh, because uh, whole, me whole milk contains, with the butter fat, contains a lot more calories. So go to low calorie, or um, but you still need either the milk or the or these alternative soy milk fortified. Be sure it's fortified. And I think they even have, at least in the U.S., they have soy milks and other plant milks that are lower calories. Because they, too, uh, you've got to watch that because soy milks will may, may not be lower calories because they, they have to sweeten that stuff with, with sugar. Um, and so there's a lot of calories in sugar. Five pats of butter in one glass of whole milk. So, you know, there's quite a bit of butter fat in there that will increase the calories. But, but the dairy foods are the equivalent, when that means the equivalent, those that are fortified with vitamin D and calcium. If, if that will help maintain your bone mineral density, because you don't want to find yourself um, losing weight and then also getting osteoporosis in time. The problem with osteoporosis is that by the time you realize you have it, you can't do anything about it. It's too late. You know, overweight, when you realize you're, you're 10 pounds, 15, 20, 50 pounds overweight, you can lose that weight. But overweight, but osteoporosis is not that way, or uh, it's just not that way. By the time you have it, you can't hardly get rid of it. You might stop it from progressing by getting on a good diet, but you can't get rid of it very easily. It just doesn't work that way. Studies indicate that a higher calcium intake was associated with reduced fat and less body fat over time. The more servings of dairy product, that's up to about three a day, uh, correlated with less body fat. Uh, but uh, probably it's due to the calcium and the protein. So if you don't use milk products, then be sure that you replace those proteins and carbohydrate, proteins and calcium and vitamin D that's fortified with some other product because those are nutrients your body needs. And when you are, are, are getting a little nutrient deficient in some nutrients, 
uh, that's going to affect all other nutrients as well. And of course, with weight management, exercise is very important because, um, and you can solve this problem with losing weight two ways. You can reduce your calories or increase your exercise or decrease or increase your calories and increase your exercise if you do that. Any of those things work, but you've got to be sure you're just burning more calories than you're, you're taking in in your food. And then that's going to wait. Now, this is debatable as to what, um, how, what, what, how, much, how many calories we have to cut in our diet to lose a pound. But generally speaking, just as an overall figure that's a workable figure, it's about 3,500 calories. 3,500 calories you've got to cut out of your diet to lose one pound. Did someone back here have a question? Okay. So 3,500 calories. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, that means um, uh, 300 calories a day times 7, uh, 21. No, you got to 400 calories, 4, 7, 28. So no, I won't do it. Uh, so you got about 500 calories times 7, 5, 7, 35. Okay. So it takes about 500 calories cutting a day for you to lose a pound in a week. And that's, that's about all that any authorities recommend. Don't ever lose more than a pound a week. Don't try that. Because what's going to happen, you're not getting enough nutrients to s supply your body with its needs, and you're going to get your body metabolism off in other ways as well. To help manage body weight, and this is a very good formula that, that, that works. To manage body weight, engage in approximately 60 minutes of moderate, vigorous intensity exercise most days of the week. Now remember, to manage your body weight, to maintain your body weight, to maintain weight loss for those previous overweight participants, they must get 60 to 90 minutes of moderate intense physical activity most days of the week. To lose extra week, engage in at least 90 minutes of moderate exercise. That's an hour and a half most every day of the week. Now this formula is a formula that, that I've seen work on a lot of people. Okay, have you got that? If you want to maintain your weight, one hour per day. If you want to, and that, that's, that's, yes. Six meals a day or that, yeah, about six meals a day. Um, you know, I, I say I, um, I, I have a personally a little problem with that. Uh, if it works for you or somebody, if it really works, if it really works, then do it. But I have a problem with it because, first of all, it's, it's hard to get six little meals a day that's nutritious. You know, it, you, you, it's better to sit down at a table and eat a, a wholesome meal. But when you're six times a day, if you're, you're working eight hours for somebody else, you know, that means two or three times during the day besides lunch, you're going to be eating something, taking time out for eating. 
and what kind of food is that going to be? Now, if it's an apple or if it's a banana, that's one thing. But it's, but it, but it's got to be almost limited to fruit. Otherwise, it's going to be snack foods, you know? Uh, so that's a problem. The type, of, um, the type of food that's available for these extra three or four meals, that's number one problem. And, of course, the type of food um, is, is related to the number of calories. They're usually higher in calories, higher in fat, higher in sugar, and so therefore that's that's going to be defeating your your purpose. Yes. If they do that. Yeah. Well, you know th that's the problem. You you have to every time you you uh, take any food, whether it be two or three bites of anything. Your, your digestive juices are going to be reactivated, and you're going to start this digestive process. And, uh, and then what's, what's happened, they've done studies, and they've, uh, on, on stomach emptying, and it's been a very interesting study. When they, when they find people that they give them a regular meal, they'll follow in, and within about four to five hours, their stomach is emptied into the small intestines. But if about three hours you add, and, and I know this personally, if you add a snack in between that four hours, then, that's, then it's going to, my digestion is not as good, and the, the, they've done in these experiments, the digestion is, is, delay, is delayed, and it takes longer than the three or four hours. And, uh, and if you would have eaten the same amount of calories at that one meal, they would have been digested sooner. So that, uh, that you know, in a, in a late terminology, that does uh, sort of tax your digestive system. And, uh, and probably, now, there might be exceptions to that when people that have ulcers or, or acid stomach. Um, uh, my, my brother, was he's younger, much younger than I am, but um, he was with me over the um, over the holidays and um, he's got an acid stomach and so he doesn't eat between meals but he must eat on a regular basis and that's probably another thing that that some people don't do they don't eat at regular times and if your stomach and if your mind and if you're used to eating at certain times and you don't eat you get hungry then if you sort of eat a snack in between, it's going to mess up that cycle. Uh, and that's, that's important. Weight loss is difficult, but it's possible. If you maintain an attitude of that you can do it, you can do it. Set small goals, four pounds in four weeks, or a pound a week. And I think another important thing to do in weight management is reward yourself, not with not some uh, big banana split, but reward yourself with, uh, with, with something that you want. Save towards it and reward yourself when you reach your goal. Uh, but, it, you know, don't, don't just say, well, I'm now going to go out to McDonald's or go out to Olive Garden or go out to some big restaurant. Not that kind of reward. Something that you want, uh, you know, a extra blouse or um, um, a new hat or, you know, 
reward yourself with something that, that, that's, that you don't really need, okay? That you don't really need, but you really want. <laughs> no, th- this is, if you really need it, you're going to buy it anyway. So that's not a reward. Reward yourself something you really want, but don't really need, okay? Well, but a blouse won't, our new hat won't do that. Yeah, reward yourself, but don't reward yourself with, with a big night out, you know, with, with all, you, all, all you can eat buffet, you know, uh, not, not that kind of reward, because you've got to remember these calories are non-discriminatory. <laughs> you know, I don't care who you are in time, you know, a young person, they have a higher, before 30, you have a higher metabolism. As you go along, about every 10 years, about, you lose about 1% of your metabolism speed every, every year. So every, every 10 years, if we keep our exercise level the same and our food intake the same, we'll gain 10 pounds. And you just check it out. If you're 50 years old, probably you, owe, you, you, you weigh about 20 pounds more than you did at, at 20 or 30. Check it out. Um, and, uh, and if you, you're 50, you know, that means about 30 pounds overweight. Or it may be more, but it's at least that much. Behavioral strategies. Track your eating and exercise habits. It's a good thing to keep a... a a moving or a continual diary. Um, I don't know if I brought, where did I put it? I have a, uh, they've got some nice little books now. I don't know if I brought one or not. Yeah, here's one. At Staples, I bought this at Staples, but um, in fact, even um, in West Palm, I think, but a little book like this. Just, just start keeping a diary, uh, you know, a simple diary of the things you eat. And the things you do when you exercise, the time, just write it down. You may not. Uh, just writing it down itself will help you. So um, eat only at specific times and places. Just set your rule. You know, I, I'm sorry, I can't eat. I'm not at my right place. You know, uh, I'm not at the right time. Create specific strategies to deal with problem areas. As you look over your little diary, uh-oh, when I went out with my girlfriend, you know, we went out and we just had to have an extra, you know, malt or hamburger or whatever it was we did. All right, I've got to watch those times I go out with my girlfriend or I got with the boys or, you know, I'm out um, with uh, friends or whatever. Uh, reward yourself with non-food rewards for diligence and following your plan, as I've said. Develop the concept of a new thinner you. And um, (laughs) I can remember a lady one time attending uh, one of my programs, and uh, she came through. We evaluated her, did her height, weight, and and, uh, food habits and so on. And I says, well, I think you need about, lose about 30, 40 pounds. And she says... Oh, if I did that, my husband wouldn't like me. <laughs> I says, I think he will. You do it. 
and then we'll see what your husband says. And so once she'd reached that goal, she says, my husband loves me now <laughs> more than ever before. But, you know, we have this self-image of ourselves, what we look like. And uh, this, this is a this is serious thing we've got to address, self-image. Because we're used to the way we look. And um, <laughs> tell that story now about that, 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 that not, but it's, but it's an interesting story that the pastor told me uh, earlier today. But you know this self-image idea. You know we we need if we are uh, we need to like like the way we look. But if we do like the way we look, if we change that look, in other words, if if we or if we don't like the way we look, uh, it's going to be a matter of uh, getting used to the way we want to look. It's going to take some time to to change this thinking image of yourself because it means changing your clothes it means the way you walk down the aisle where you get in the car you know it, all these things change when you start losing weight well I think that's maybe the end of no here we go it almost I'm, I thought I was going to finish but I did get a late start <laughs> um, I've mentioned this before, but focus on nutrient-dense foods rather than calorie-dense. And, of course, the whole foods have more nutrients in them. than They have less calories, whereas the McDonald's and the snack kind of foods and the desserts, they have a lot more calories than they do uh, nutrients. Uh, don't go for these fad diets. Uh, they just, they're the yo-yo kind where you... We'll lose weight if you go on these high-protein or no-carb diets or coconut diets or whatever it is. They are not a regular balanced diet, and you're not going to stay on them. That's the problem I have with the six meals a day. You know, it's probably not something that you're going to need to continue with. So it means you're going to have to reset your thinking cap and your, your behaviors when you start getting back to three meals a day, because most people don't eat six meals a day. You know, they eat two to three meals a day. And so you're going to have to change that kind of behavior, and that is hard to do, changing behavior. number of studies showing, um, here's the new USDA food plate, and you can see here that uh, usually this side here, most people in the past, they've had their protein or their meat cover half their plate. You know, it's a big steak. A big steak or, or uh, several, how many pieces of chicken are in the McNuggets from McDonald's? You know, they're, they're, they would cover almost half the plate. But what you want to do is have your fruits and vegetables cover at least half your plate and your grains like um, um, rice, whole rice, brown rice, our, our other type of starchy foods cover another fourth and your protein only a little bit there. And that way you're going to be sure that you're going to be eating high density uh, nutrient foods. You're going to be eating lower calorie foods. Um, 
The what to do's. Increased daily servings of fruits and vegetables. I don't have it in this presentation there, but the new, the new uh, number of servings that we're to that they're recommended from the 2010 dietary guidelines. You can't believe how many servings of fruits and vegetables there are. What's that? Nine to eleven. Well, it's even more than that because. They, if you count them up, it's almost 12 or 15. Because when you include your, your green leafy vegetables and your orange and red vegetables and your, your um, regular vegetables, and then, that's, then plus your fruits, your fruits and vegetables are getting way, way up there. And that means almost half to three quarters of your plate are going to be with vegetables. Now, that includes salad. But uh, it, it means that uh, there are a lot of extra. And, of course, when you do the whole grains, be sure it's whole grains, and uh, you have lower-fat milks. And, of course, in their recommendations, they say increase uh, the intake of lower-fat uh, seafoods and poultry and less meats. And, of course, as vegetarians, we don't recommend that. Uh, the USDA addresses the vegetarian needs, and for the second time now since... Two 2005, 2010, they've addressed the vegetarian needs. And uh, what they're suggesting we do is replace the fish, flesh, and fowl with legumes, nuts, eggs, and soy products so we can get our protein that particular way. And I think that's about it on this right here. Uh, may the Lord rise to meet, meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face the rain soft falls on your fields until we meet again may god hold you in the palm of his hand this media was produced by audioverse for the nad health summit if you would like to learn more about the nad health summit please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.